when I was younger, I was always playing against taller, you know, older people. Uh, when I when my dad would go to the park and play basketball, I would go with him. I'd be on his team, and we would play against you know older guys. So uh, just always playing against older people and trying to figure out how to get my shot off and get different types of layups off. Uh, I would say that's helped me, especially till today. That was Jordan McLaughlin, and this is Wolves Plus. What a feed, Ricky to Carl Anthony Towns for the dunk. Russell shows off the handle and the shot. Over making things happen. Oh, yes he is! <laughs> oh, Shazo Kogi! May the force be with you! Coast to coast for Obi-Wan Okogi. Jordan, you, you come in wearing a Timberwolves hoodie, and I was really hoping you'd have a J-Mac hoodie. You got your own merchandise. You have your own line of merchandise. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, with the help of my agent setting that up with some of the people he knew, uh, for the people that we collabed with, Boosted uh, Business. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just something, something for myself to build my brand and, you know, get my brand out there. I appreciated the fact that you have a ladies t-shirt as part of that. I did order one last night, 100% truth. <laughs> and I love the logo. It's like it's you, like a cartoon version of you. It looks like doing like a crossover dribble. How did you get to that logo? And like, what were some of the others that you had kind of to toyed around with? Right. Well, yeah, thank you for the support. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it. I had fun designing that. Uh, that car we call it a caricature. You know, when you go to Disneyland and they paint a picture of you and you, they make a big head yeah. of you. So the caricature. Uh, when we were designing it, I wanted it something, you know, a little bit different. You know, my first season of the drop, it was a, a picture of me. Um, and then, you know, the second one, we did it with me dribbling. And we just got a couple inspirations from a couple different pictures that were online. And then we just kind of just ran with it and made a couple changes. And we ended up with what, what was on there. Well, it's a good look. And I mean, it's not everybody that can say they sell clothing of themselves. Right. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, thank yes. you. <laughs> so when you dress, do you wear a lot of like old Nickelodeon cartoon shirts? Uh, yeah, Is you that... know, I, I try to be a little bit different with things. Uh, uh, one thing that's kind of come back into style this year is uh, a lot of graphic tees, uh, whether it's new school or old school. But yeah, just recently I wore a Stranger Things uh, T-shirt during the game when I was uh, sitting out. Uh, Stranger Things, I wore a Scarface one the other day as well. So, you know, just try to be a little bit different and creative with some of my, my outfits. Is it reflective of you, like you watched a lot of cartoons or loved Spongebob or something as a kid, or is there just not that correlation? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I, uh, I watch a lot of shows in my free time, whether it's uh, cartoons or actual, you know, real people uh, in action and stuff like that. So I watch a lot of different shows. I want to ask you about your dad, Thomas, because he was a pretty good athlete in his day, a minor league baseball player, two seasons in the, the Class A San Francisco Giants system. Mm -hmm. So we know that there's a professional athlete in the family, but you played some baseball, but only I think until like middle school. Were you at least, were you a good baseball player? Did you try pitching? Did you get some tips from Pops? Yeah, yeah, definitely. When I was younger, I played baseball, basketball, and football. So uh, I played baseball for a little bit. Uh, when I was younger, I was at the stage where, 
you know, as a kid, they move you around each game. So one game you're pitching, one game you're first base, yes. second base, third base, then outfield. So I did that when I was younger. And then as I got in a little bit older, they moved me to the outfield. And uh, for me, baseball was a little too slow. Uh, I was good. <laughs> I was good. But uh, it was just a little too slow pace for me. And the same thing as football, too. You know, you got to huddle after every play and break. And I was, I was pretty good in football, too. So I'm kind of an all-around athlete. Um, and then, you know, when I started playing basketball, it was, it was just it was a fast pace. The ball was always in my hands being a point guard. And I enjoyed it. And um, I would say I'm pretty good at it as well. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. You're, you're all right. You're all right. Your dad, um, I had read, was a fan of Michael Jordan's. And your dad is from Greensboro, North mm -hmm. Carolina, right? So he saw a lot of Michael Jordan in college and then as a pro, obviously. Was your dad, like, do you have, do you have memories of your dad watching all of MJ's game and you have posters in your room and that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. Uh, my, my dad at, at my house in California, he's spent years designing our garage and our garage is full of Michael Jordan collectibles. I mean, from, from weedy boxes, from different posters, magazines, different playing cards, all my baby Michael Jordan shoes. I'm a huge sneaker head. So all my baby shoes are hanging from the ceiling in the garage. Uh, my little sister's <laughs> shoes are hanging, his are hanging like anything. Michael Jordan collectible. He, he probably has it. <laughs> So your garage is basically a shrine. It, it definitely is. We could turn it into a museum if we wanted to. <laughs> Does anyone park a car in the garage? Yeah, my mom, my mom and dad still park in there. But uh, okay. so everything's like on the wall, on the wall, hanging from the ceiling, like everything's out the way. So you could still, you know, maneuver in the garage. Okay. So your dad was a huge fan of Michael Jordan. Your name is Jordan. Yeah, well, the true thing is, so my mom, my dad wanted to name me Michael Jordan McLaughlin. And my mom was like, absolutely not. You're not naming our son that. So then uh, my mom was like, you can choose between one and one. So it was either Michael or Jordan. So then we decided, you know, my dad's first name was Thomas. So we went with Thomas. And then my middle name, that's where Jordan comes from. And then McLaughlin. So I go by my middle name. Okay, that's what I was going to ask was, did your dad sneak in a Jordan Michael McLaughlin? But you're saying no. Yeah, nah, we just, we just went with Thomas Jordan, so. <laughs> okay, okay, so your middle name is actually Jordan. Yeah, I go by my middle name, so not, not a lot of people know that. <laughs> Have you ever gone by Thomas or Tommy or any version of that? No, nah, I, I, I've always gone by Jordan. Like, for some reason, it's just, it's always been Jordan. Like, first day of class when teachers doing roll call they're like Thomas McLaughlin and I'm like I go by Jordan every every first day of class every year so I've just always gone by Jordan okay how about when your mom would get mad at you still Jordan <laughs> really wow yep. okay 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 um I know your dad was a fan but you also were a fan of Jordan's you love the movie Space Jam yeah and you I read had mimicked some of his moves I mean a lot of kids would mimic Michael Jordan's moves, let's face it. But was there something about him or his game or anything in particular that you really took to another level? Like you impersonated, tried to be him, visualized things like that. Like did, did he kind of have that same influence in your life like he had in your dad's? Yeah, he definitely did. You know, uh, one of my 
uh, one of my first houses when I was like young, young, like barely walking young. And uh, we had so that we had a kitchen. I'm trying to paint a picture for you here. We had a kitchen and then we had a hallway and then we had the living room. And I would have like my mom, my dad, grandparents, everybody would be in the living room. And I would have to run from the kitchen through the hallway. My mom and dad, they would announce me, introducing Jordan McLaughlin. I'd have to run from the kitchen through the hallway to the living room. There would be a basket, uh, a court up here, and I'd have to go and make a layup and made sure I jumped off the right foot. If I didn't jump off the right foot, I had to redo it all over again. And it was just, <laughs> my, uh, I've always done that uh, since I was younger. So he's always had that impressionation on me. Uh, I've just fell in love with the game then. That is a dramatic entrance <laughs> to make the turn like that. And yep. And like I said, good. I had I had to jump off the right foot and I had to make the yep. layup. So if I missed, I had to do it all over again. If I jumped off the wrong foot, do it all over again. You it sounds like you were a really standout basketball player in particular. And you guys had a hoop in the driveway, right? And there were kids that would want to challenge you to play one on one. Yeah. Are we talking like these neighborhood kids? And do you have memories of this? Like a kid coming up and this being a thing? Like we, someone's got to play Jordan McLaughlin in one-on-one <laughs> -on -one in his driveway and he's going to school. Right. Yeah, yeah. So when I was in middle school, like just getting to middle school, like sixth, seventh grade, uh, my, my oldest sister, Amber, she went to high school at Etiwanda, which is where I ended up going for basketball. But when she would go to high school, she'd be bragging to all the high schoolers like, hey, my little brother could beat you. He's only in sixth grade. You're not that good. So Amber, then, Amber. Yeah, Amber, Amber <laughs> threw me out there. So then uh, when, when that would happen, I would get home from school, and then Amber would be like, hey, put your shoes on. You got to play, play this kid from school. I'm like, like what? I just got home. I got to do my homework. <laughs> and so then uh, I would go out there and there'd be some some high schoolers out there ready to play me one on one. We would check up and, you know, I would go and play hard and I would win. And then they would go back to school and laughing at them and stuff like that. So <laughs> my, my sister was always setting me up to play against all the high schoolers at Etiwanda. Did you ever lose? Not that I could remember. Honestly, I, I really wow. remember. You win in every game. <laughs> How, if they were older, they're obviously bigger. What, so you're just faster and a better, have a better handle? Like, how did you, how did you beat these guys? Yeah, just faster and smarter. You know, that's how I'm able to do some of the things I'm able to do now is because I was, when I was younger, I was always playing against taller, you know, older people. Uh, when I, when my dad would go to the park and play basketball, I would go with him. I'd be on his team and we would play against, you know, older guys. So uh, just always playing against older people and trying to figure out how to get my shot off and get different types of layups off. Uh, I would say that's helped me, especially till today. Yeah, no kidding. Old, playing against older people means taller people too, which is something you face in the NBA a lot. So right, yep, served and you well. That's where I got my basketball IQ from too. You know, playing against older people, they're a lot smarter. They're not, you know, doing too many extra moves. They're trying to save their energy and and stuff like that. So that's how my IQ uh, in basketball comes yeah. too. Got to outsmart them. Yep. <laughs> I had read about something that your dad did when you were younger at least in college, I think in high school as well, where he would write down some goals for you. You would write your own goals, he would write goals for you, and you guys would kind of compare. Yeah. And he had written like, 
for you to lead the Pac-12 in assists, for you to be the Pac-12 player of the year. Some of those really lofty goals, but also good like ways to push yourself. Mm-hmm. Did you have goals and your dad have goals and then you would like compare them and sort of just share with each other as a way to motivate yourself and yeah, challenge de- yourself every season? Yeah, definitely. When I got to college, that was something we, we both did. Uh, he would he would set uh, some high standard goals and I would set, you know, some really achievable goals. And then we would come together and pick out a select few that I, you know, should be able to achieve and, you know, try to achieve. And that was just something we did over my, over my years while I was in college. Does he still do it today? Uh, we haven't done it the last couple of years, but he's he's always in my ear, you know, pushing me and wanting the best for me. Uh, he's always been there for me, so he's always pushing me. Okay. Um, you being, I don't want to call you short because you're not short, but in NBA terms uh-huh. and in the, the land of seven-footers, right. you are shorter, and but it's nothing that you've ever used as, an excuse in your life and it's something that you've often that we forget because your your vertical first of all is incredible <laughs> and just the skill and the way you play and you talked about being younger and facing older kids and therefore they're taller have you just always sort of been able to maneuver and manipulate around someone who's taller than you no matter what level we're talking about yeah definitely you know uh as I as I played a game of basketball, uh, one thing you got to be is got to be creative and got to be crafty. And especially as a undersized guard uh, at any level, you got to figure out different types of ways to to use your quickness and your speed to your advantage. And that's something that I, I look to do very often. Uh, just be crafty with the ball and do things that uh, bigger people or you know different size uh, bigs won't won't expect. And that's how I try to you know make different finishes and different things on the court happen. And we've also seen you, I mentioned the vertical, but there are a couple of times where you have driven into the lane and you just dunk on someone when nobody, even those of us watching are like, oh my gosh, we expect (laughs) a layup or a floater or something and you come up with this dunk. Have you always had the gift of just good hops or it's something you've had to specifically develop? Yeah, no, I've always I've always been a decent athlete. Uh, you know, growing up, uh, my dad would make me wear ankle weights around the house. So that's that's a little tip that I would give some people out there to wear ankle weights around the house. Walked on my tippy toes while I while I wore the ankle weights. Uh, jump roping uh, when I was training, used the Vertimax a little bit. So there's times where you know I still still work on it, but I was also you know blessed with it to to have the advantage to, you know, leap up the way I do. Um, but it's definitely something you got to work on as well, too. And I remember you, you telling us this last year when we had asked you about, like, a general group of reporters asking you about your, uh, your vertical and you saying, yeah, your dad had you put the ankle weights on. So are you saying, like, you would just walk up to the, the family table for dinner and you got, like, two-pound sandbag weights wrapped around each ankle? Yeah, I mean, it, I was, it was a little bit more than two pounds. I had, I think, like a five and like a seven pounder uh, around my ankle weights. Um, but yeah, just just walking around the house. If I was at the house, just hanging out, watching TV, um, going to get a drink. I've, I got the ankle weights on. I'm walking to the kitchen uh, on my tippy toes and just getting a little workout in like that. So that's giving it the extra when you get up on the tippy toes. Yeah, yeah, you got to get on the tippy toes, add a little little extra bounce, and you get a little bit of muscle in your calves. <laughs> well, obviously, whatever it is, whether it was that or the other things you've done, they've been very effective. 
Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, uh, it's a lot of hard work that goes into it, but uh, I would say it's working. I remember a, a game, and it was against the Clippers, and I'm pretty sure you had a you had a memorable dunk in that game as well. But that was your <laughs> double double game: 24 points, 11 assists. And McLaughlin, he's putting on a dunk contest performance right now. What a feed, McLaughlin to town. McLaughlin, oh, get up and slam it, Jordan. When you look at your career in the NBA, you look ahead and the things you can do and the player that you can be. How much of that game last year where you were hitting some threes, you were dishing it, you were hitting in the lane. Like it was the full Jordan McLaughlin experience, in particular that game against the Clippers. Is that the type of game where you think this is prototypical, this is the impact I can have, this is what I can do in this league? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's credit to to the coaches and uh, my teammates for giving me the confidence to go out there and, you know, just be myself and play my game. And uh, all my hard work, you know, it showed in that game. You know, I'm able to do a little bit of everything on the court, and that's something that I can, you know, continue to do and help, you know, this team, uh, you know, lead, to, lead them to victories, you know, if things were to happen. Um, so I'm able to, you know, do that any any given night and, you know, help the team win in any way I can, whether that's scoring, passing, dunking, shooting, whatever whatever I got to do to help the team win. That's that's mainly what I'm about. And when I said Clippers game last year, you know which game I'm talking about. <laughs> I would assume a game like that is yeah. locked into your head. Right? Yeah, de definitely. That's, that's not one you forget. Uh, you know, me personally, whenever – you know, I'm going back, looking at uh, older videos, uh, whether it's me or, you know, just anybody. You know, you, it comes up and you see it and you're like, ah, oh, let me watch that. And then, you know, that was definitely a special <laughs> moment uh, that happened for, you know, not only me, but the team last year uh, after everything that had happened. Yeah. How do you sort of stay, whether it's locked in or, you know, with the game plan or just positive mental attitude, whatever you want to call it, when you know you're not active for every game and we know the G League isn't functioning this season the way that we typically see it. Everything is so different this season. But for you in particular to know, A, you're not playing every game because of the limitations with your two-way contract. Uh -huh. But B, you might be in uniform and maybe not play or maybe play a significant role. That's just sort of part of your everyday life right now. But how do you not let it get like take your mind away or let yourself relax or not be as engaged as you know you should be? Because at any time it could change, but you stay locked in. But I can't imagine that's a really easy thing to do night in, night out. Right. Yeah, no, it's definitely tough, but uh, it's just that just goes with being a professional, you know, and and staying ready. I would say uh, the league is. Uh, you know, you get you don't get very many opportunities, especially, you know, somebody like my position. So when you get that opportunity and you get your name called, you got to you got to rise to the occasion. And, uh, you know, that's what I look to do. So staying locked in. You, I always said if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. So that's how I try to stay ready. That is true. But there have to be times when you have to work a little bit harder at the mental side of it. Do you ever have to have like an inner dialogue with yourself or a conversation with yourself to make sure that you stay in that place? Yeah, yeah, definitely do. You know, you always talk to yourself, you know, stay ready. But that's another thing, like it, whether I'm suited up or not, I'm talking to the guys and staying engaged. And that's that's one way how I, I look at it to stay engaged and stay ready to go. If I'm telling, yeah. talking to guys, telling them what I see, 
so when my name is called to go out there, I'm able to, you know, tr uh, translate it and actually see what I, uh, what I see and what I'm telling them. So I'm able to stay engaged that way. Okay. Is part of your pregame routine to listen to R&B and slow jams? <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Uh, you know, it, it calms my, my nerves and my adrenaline. So, like, throughout the day in the morning, like, after shoot around or something, you know, you listen to hip-hop and all the, all the stuff that gets you pumped up and ready to go. But uh, as the time starts winding down, you get uh, to the arena, you do your on-the-court workout, you lift your weights and everything, get ready for coach's speech. Uh, that's probably about then I start winding down to a little bit of R&B and, you know, just try and calm my nerves and my heart rate. That's really interesting because I don't, I don't know that I know of anyone that really does that. You walk <laughs> into any locker room or you hear guys, you can either even hear the music through the headphones. Yeah. And it's always something upbeat and pumping and here you are just like... Yep, yep. That's, and that's that's what, that's kind of why my game, you know, is kind of smooth and mellowed out on the court. You know, I'm not tr doing nothing too crazy or nothing. So that's just that's just my way of how I, you know, prepare myself for games, just to calm down and mellow out. Okay. I I like the comparison. Like that's also how your game is. It's smooth yeah. and mellow. Um, I had read that you someday want to become a coach. True. That's, a basketball yeah. coach. Yeah, that's very true. You, Either a coach or a sports analyst. One of one of the two. Oh, oh, a broadcaster, you say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it about the coaching aspect that you think would fit you well? Because I'm going to tell you right now, it's a little bit of a stressful position. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. But uh, to me, my biggest thing is once I'm done playing basketball, um, I still want to be around the game. You know, I, I love competing. I love the joy that the game brings you and uh, just it, it changes a lot of people's lives. And so uh, just being around the game is just it's just fascinating. I love it. I love competing. I love the different scenarios and situations you can be in in a game. And it's, it's just it's just great. When you think about that part of your life, do you see yourself on like the college sidelines? Do you see yourself in the NBA or have you really have a picture of that? I haven't really zoned in on that just yet. Uh, you know, I've talked to a couple of different people. You know, there's the high school level, the college level, NBA level. So it's, it's different levels you can, you know, coach at. So uh, wherever I can get my foot in the door and, you know, just run with it from there. Okay. Um, physically, when you, you have the shaved head and the beard, I mean, we've seen the beard get aggressive. <laughs> How long is too long in your book? Well, my girlfriend and my family would say long is too long right now. <laughs> but uh, you know, I want to say it. To me, I just I like where it's at. You know, I try to try to keep it, you know, as tamed as I can. And so uh I think this length is pretty good. <laughs> you like it. Yeah, I, I'm okay with it, but like I said, my girlfriend, my family, they're always like, cut it, shape it up, do this, do that. I'm like, ah, it's, it's all right, guys, so we'll, we'll leave it. <laughs> Your girlfriend, speaking of, works mm -hmm. at a TV station in Indiana as a weather forecaster, among other things. Do you, on any given day, do you know the, the weather forecast? Are you paying special attention to, like, 
the front's coming in. <laughs> yeah, I, I always joke with her. Like, I'd be like, so the weather today is 49 with a pressure of 28 wind speeds <laughs> coming in from the southwest. So I always joke with her on that. Uh, but I, I'm proud of her and what she's doing. She's pursuing her career, and I'm supporting her with that as she's supporting me with my career as well. So, you know, we're, we're trying, to, trying to make it work and do what we do. Have you ever visited her in Indiana and been able to go to like the set of the TV station and stood in front of that green screen and just been <laughs> able to like point at cities and do that whole thing where you stand in front of the map? Yeah, I've been out there a couple of times and she, she took me to her job once. Uh, I wasn't able to stand in front of the green screen, but I was able to see where she does it and stands in front of it and points at the stuff. And it's, it's tough to do. Uh, I see yes. like talking on a green screen and while you're looking at the camera on the side and pointing to the different cities and temperatures as well. So she, she's amazing at what she does. I, I, I applaud her for that. That's what I'm saying. That, that, that in itself is a skill. Yeah, Forget it's, it's, like being able to articulate and uh, tell people like what's coming in the weather, but to be able to like point at the right part of the map and right. all that yeah, stuff. It's different for sure. It's not, not like you're sitting behind a desk and, you know, you got people in your ear telling you things and stuff like that. So what she does is, is pretty special. There, we, we always call you J-Mac. Mm -hmm. Jordan McLaughlin, J-Mac, it's pretty, pretty obvious. Now, this year adding Jaden McDaniels yeah. as a rookie is... They're another J-Mac on the team? Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, we've, uh, we just, whatever, whatever it's called or whatever it's said, I mean, a lot of times J-Mac is called and we're both like, huh? Like, which one? <laughs> so there's definitely been times like that. But, I mean, I've been called Mac, J-Mac. Uh, Coach said he hasn't called J-Mac, J-Mac because I was J-Mac. So I don't know. We're going to have to figure it out soon. Uh, but for now, we're both okay with J-Mac. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't go to T Mac. Nah, there there was already like, a T Mac, so we, we can't. There was do that. a T Mac, yeah. yeah. There was a pretty good T Mac. He, he was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this season for everyone, and really in any walk of life, is like nothing we've ever seen before. And of course, on the basketball court, it, there are uh, nuances that that we've never had to deal with. How are you handling? everything from the testing to the the way you're traveling and to try to not be able to go out to restaurants and all of that how has it affected you in your daily life and just the adjustments that you're sort of constantly making as part of a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves yeah I mean it's, it's definitely tough you know like you said it's nothing we've ever gone through or been a part of so uh, the one word I would use is you got you got to be adaptive. You got to adapt to different things, different changes and stuff like that. Uh, you know, luck, luckily for me, I'm a, I'm a homebody anyways. I don't go out too much. But, uh, you know, there are times where you want to, you know, go out and have dinner or go to a movie, walk the mall, stuff like that. So without being able to do that type of stuff, it uh, it's a bummer. But, you know, it's something you got to do to uh, keep your family safe, keep the team safe and, and keep the season rolling. And as you look ahead in your career, however long it lasts, how do you feel like you personally, Jordan McLaughlin, go from where you are now to an established starter or whatever it is that, that you, whatever goal it is that you wanna set for yourself, mm -hmm. what is the difference between where you are now and in your mind where you visualize where you want to be? And you could just say, oh, hard work, gotta work hard, but 
everybody needs to work hard. Is there something that you're focused on that you think is going to take you from step A to step B? Right. Uh, I mean, my biggest thing is just keep growing and uh, and being consistent. Uh, that's one of the biggest things in the NBA is being consistent. You know, you got an 82-game season, and you can't show up for 20 games, 25 games. You know, it's, it's your job, so you got to show up for all your games. And so for me to be consistent uh, in my role, uh, which is bringing energy, effort, uh, leading the second unit, taking care of the ball, um, playing defense and doing all those things consistently for 82 game season. And then, you know, hopefully the playoffs, uh, that's, that's my biggest goal to do it at a high rate and just be consistent with it. Is that a phrase that you remind yourself of often? Just be yeah. consistent, be consistent. Yeah, for sure. Consistent and just bringing energy and effort every single night, uh, consistent every single day, not just some days, but, but every day, no matter how hard or how tough it is. Because you can control that part. Yeah, yeah, right? definitely. That's something we say at the team. You know, you can control your yeah. energy and you control your effort and your attitude. And so that's something I'm trying to, to do every single day. All right. Um, last thing, Jordan, when you go home, when you visit home, your parents, do they still live in the same house where you had the, the basketball hoop in the driveway and Amber used to have the high schoolers come over? Do they still live in that house? Yeah, we, we still do. <laughs> do you still have the basketball hoop? We do. It's no longer in the front, though. We uh, so we had a little the, the hoop that rolled. We would always roll it to the end okay. of the street. Uh, so we uh, we got it cemented in the back now. <laughs> okay. So when you go home, you probably can play on that same hoop. Do any of your neighborhood friends ever come over and they're like, "Oh God, this guy is in the NBA now. I played him one on one in his driveway. He schooled me." Do you ever see some of those neighborhood friends? <laughs> no, nah, I don't. I don't see them no more. Uh, we, I mean, there's some of my, some of the kids that I grew up around my age, but not not my sister's friends. But a lot of the kids I see around my age, they still come around and and you know say hi every once in a while when I'm there. Um, so there's a lot of neighborhood kids, yeah. But as far as my sister's friends, the ones that I played one on one with when I was younger, not so much. <laughs> okay. And if anything, they are not challenging you to one on one anymore. Yeah, yeah, probably probably not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're like this guy made it to the pros. We're done. <laughs> right, yeah, for sure. I, I scared him away. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, Amber. <laughs> Jordan, uh, thanks for your time. It's always fun to, to catch up with you and hear some of your stories. A lot of it I didn't know, so thanks for, for sharing that with us today. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. The J-Mac. <laughs> <laughs>